Hi folks, welcome to episode 5 of season 2 of Madashiro. And this episode is going to be a little different. In this episode, we won't be discussing a case of femicide. We'll be discussing a missing persons case that took place overseas. Um, we'll be talking about Irene Wairimo Gakwa, who went missing in February of 2022 in the town of Gillette in the state of Wyoming in the United States of America. And we'll be talking about the circumstances surrounding her going missing. And uh, we'll also be talking about what is known so far. It's quite a sad and heartbreaking case. Her father recently gave an interview to local Kenyan media. The case seems to have this renewed interest. Missing person cases can oftentimes go cold. A person can be missing for years and years and years. I feel like missing person cases are particularly difficult to investigate just because of how, you know, how little evidence there can be. Anyway, let's hear a word from our sponsors and then go back to discussing the case of Irene Wairimogakwa. Irene Wairimo Gakwa is a young Kenyan woman who emigrated to the United States of America in 2019. She grew up in a loving household um, with her mom and her dad and two older brothers. And being the last born girl of um, two older boys, her father says that he admits that she was spoiled, he spoiled her. They all uh, took care of her. She was very well taken care of by himself, by her mother and by her two older brothers. Um, he describes his daughter as an introvert. He says weeks would go by before she would <laughs> go through the, the gate of, the, of, their, of their compound, of their home. And um, yeah, she was a homebody. She preferred to spend time at home. And um, yeah, he says they had a good relationship. And he, he, it, you can see from, there's an interview that he recently gave to Locopedia, to Citizen TV, and it's avail the video is avail interviews available on YouTube. And you can see from the way he talks about her, his face lights up. Yeah, um, she was a well-loved young woman. And so he says it was actually a bit difficult for him to think about her wanting to go to the States, even though her two older brothers were already there and appeared to be quite settled. Um, he said that for her, he would hope that she would first undertake a bachelor's degree in Kenya and then maybe move to the States to do her master's. Anyway, in 2019, um, at her own insistence and also her brothers as well, he says that um, Irene left for America. And she went to school for about, he says about um, a year and a few months, a year and some change. She went to school and then uh, she found herself some work. She was working, um, it seems, in a, in a care home for elderly people. And uh, she seems to have been, you know, to be trying to settle down. It appears that at some point she met uh, a man online um, on Craigslist and they started seeing each other, they started dating. And um, her, one of her brothers describes their relationship as on again, off again. But at some point she moved in with uh, this man. Um, when she went to America, she was first living in a town in Idaho uh, called Meridian. She was living with one of her brothers and uh, her sister-in-law. And her sister-in-law and her seemed to have developed quite a relationship. They were quite tight. 
and um, she has very fond memories of Irene. And um, after some time um, of, I guess, seeing this man that she met online, his name is Nathan Heitman. Um, so after uh, Nate, as he was referred to, I guess, commonly. Um, so Nate uh, and Irene dated for some time, and then she they moved in together. She was in school, and then somehow it seems that they moved from Idaho to the town of Gillette in the neighboring state of Wyoming. It's a neighboring state, but the two towns from where she first lived to where she moved to, it's uh, you know it's it's quite a drive. Um, it's so it quite it's quite a distance because the state is is a big country, so it may seem like not too far. But she moved to the neighboring state and to another town that was quite a long drive away, quite a distance away. And she also transferred schools from the school that she was in in this other town to a new school. And she moved in with the man that she had met online. They moved into a house together and they were living together. And so their relationship, I guess, went on. I, I suppose it was quite private because there isn't much um, information online about the circumstances of their relationship. Was it nice? Did they love each other? What kind of things did they do? Because it seems they dated for quite um, quite some time. But the, the, the details, um, I, I couldn't find too many details about their relationship. But um, at some point in February of 2022, Irene goes missing. And from the perspective of her family, this is how it happens. So the last time they spoke to her, the last time um, her father says they spoke to her, this is on an interview with CNN um, over the phone. Um, he gave an interview to CNN. And he says the last time that they spoke, she appeared to be tired and she seems to have lost quite a bit of weight. And this is, I think, significant because Irene wasn't, um, she was quite a slight person to begin with, just a, a little over five feet. And they say weighing, um, weighing just, I think, around 90 pounds, which I don't even know if, if that is actually 50 kilograms. It's, it's like, I think, between somewhere between 45 and 50 kilograms. And yeah, so she's quite a, a small uh, lady. And um, so her father says she appeared to have been, you know, smaller still. And she looked tired and, and he joked with her. He said, you know, just have a cup of hot milk and relax. And I don't know why that part of the interview, that information, it really chilled me. I, I consume probably uh, <laughs> more than the average amount of, of crime uh, content, let me call it that crime shows, podcasts, I listen to a lot of them. And when you listen to a significant number, I think you start to see patterns that are recognizable, things that are said in this case and in this case and in this case and in the other case. And it builds this sort of picture of what, you know, a dangerous or toxic relationship would look like. And also, I don't know, I feel like it started to, to, to reveal to me the kind of relationship that is um, um, that that an, an individual in that relationship is at risk of um, being harmed by the other person. Um, oh my goodness! There's a lot of noise in the background where I'm recording. Let me let me take a break here and see if I can find somewhere quieter to continue. All right. See you in part two.
Okay, when we left off, we were talking about Irene Wairimogakwa and uh, the point at which she went missing from the perspective of her family. So we talked about that last phone call that she and her father had where he noticed that she looked tired and seemed a bit off. Um, but, you know, it, I guess they were not alarmed, too alarmed. And uh, that is the last time they spoke to her, like spoke to her. Um, from there, they would just receive some text messages that uh, her father describes as uh, a bit strange. He says uh, when she would mostly text, she would usually text a mixture of English and and Kiswahili. But then her messages, the syntax, I guess the way that the sentences were composed, uh, it just seemed not like Irene. And the messages were often quite short. And it's things like, I am okay, I love you and I miss you and mom. Just very short, like sort of one sentence messages. But the family found that odd because they were different from what she usually used to send. At some point she sent a message and actually said that her phone fell in water and the microphone doesn't work because her father was insisting on talking to her. Allegedly, Irene was texting um, um, because we can't be sure at this point because it's after the point that she went missing after the last time they spoke to her on video call, saw her and heard her voice. So her brothers went looking for her. They couldn't find her. Um, it's reported that they went, actually went to this man's house, the man that she was living with, and tried to, tried to get her belongings back, like her documents, her Kenyan passport, but he actually declined her, her property. Um, the police, uh, on, on their part, report that he says that she came home one day and packed her clothes and left in a dark SUV. That's the last time he says he saw her. But he has actually been charged with uh, cases of financial fraud against um, Irene. It beyond, after the time that she's reported, after the time that she's reported to have gone missing, um, he has spent money um, amounting to a few thousand dollars. He spent money from her account. He has um, used money on her credit card, a few thousand dollars as well and um, he also has seems to have deleted her gmail account he has changed uh, her banking pins um, so he's been charged with with uh, with financial fraud against irene and he's actually on bond he had to pay a ten thousand dollar bond to be free and his case will continue in november of 2022 but currently he's a free man walking around um, as concerns the Irene going missing the police have declared him a person of interest but they say that he has refused to cooperate um, with them he's refused to cooperate with them to give um, critical crucial details it appears that he seems to have information that could um, shed light on where Irene is and what happened to her but he is not forthcoming with that information he's not cooperating and as we speak right now, at the, at the time of, of uh, making this podcast, making this episode, she's still missing. Her family is looking for her, her brothers, her mother, her father. Her sister-in-law says that her children, they often ask about auntie why she doesn't call them anymore. And if this man is responsible for any foul play that may have come to Irene, effort needs to be made um, on the on the side of law enforcement to be able to get 
um, this family some answers. So this man uh, used her credit card. In total, he spent over $6,000 of Irene's money from her bank account and from her credit card. And it's actually quite shocking, uh, appalling. Information has been released about one of the purchases he appears to have made on Irene's credit card. And the information is actually quite revolting. He bought a shovel and boots and a pair of trousers. And the city of Gillette have put out information uh, out to the public requesting anyone to come forward and tell them about uh, having seen a car on a property that seems to have been trespassing or if they saw a 55-gallon barrel that may be dumped somewhere in the county, in the city. And all this information is actually quite sickening. This points towards the police uh, suspecting foul play in the case of Irene Wairimogakwa going missing. And it is just horrific to imagine that some disgusting, despicable person has done something bad to her. I haven't done a missing person's case before, so I actually don't know how to end this episode. It's just a really sad, heartbreaking, frustrating case. I think the thing that I want to just say, um, as somebody who has actually lived outside of Kenya and interacted with people from different cultures, if you are a Kenyan or anybody with a similar background and you are moving to a new country, it's important to really understand um, the psyche of the people you're living with because you're going to live with people who have uh, been brought up uh, under very different circumstances from what we experience in Kenya. Um, some of them have um, a very disturbing history, especially with people who are not like them. And it's important to also take your cue from the local people who you can identify with. Um, take your cue from them and please be safe out there. Be careful. Take care of yourselves. Thank you for listening.